podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. What a week of celebrations for this wonderful club. Let's do the actual one now. What's wrong with that one? We're doing happy birthday. We just did. No, we're doing actual happy birthday. Let's go. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Leeds United. Happy birthday to you. Hello and welcome everybody to a special birthday edition of the Leeds That Podcast. Leeds United are 100 this week and I'm joined back in the kitchen by Andy. Hey up. James. I'm in. Paul. Hiya. And I'm Matt. And uh, we're going to start by discussing the worst Leeds United related birthday present that we've ever been given. Curtains. <laughs> what sort of curtains? Leeds United curtains. <laughs> they were like the old... Uh, Smiley badge. No, mate. It was the old... Um, there's a football in the Yorkshire Rose one, but they're just terrible. They're little crappy Ellen Road things on them. Awful things. Didn't keep the light out. I was always awake. <laughs> but the actual full set with the duvet and stuff, they're, they're beautiful. Is that why you've grown up the way you have? It might be, yeah. I, yeah, the duvet was all right because it was blue, but the curtains were white. Yeah, white curtains is an odd choice, isn't it? Horrible. I mean, you, your mum or dad are going to have to install a blind behind it, aren't they? It's just pointless. I, don't, I can't remember anything specifically I didn't like, but it was always really disappointing when you got something that was fake. Fake things is the thing yeah. I was going to say. And also cards from elderly aunties, which is like, <laughs> it says Leeds on it and it's got a, like a generic player in a white kit. I used yeah. to get like three or four of them every single year for about a decade. Oh, you like football. Let's yeah. just have a white football shirt on a card. That, Awful. That was that actually, yeah. I mean, at least if it said Leeds on it, that was a step in the right direction. Sometimes it'd just be generic. Football, it was always a drawing that looked like football in the 50s. The only thing that springs to mind for me that I've loved all the gifts that I've ever been given to do with the club, but <laughs> this one... Your family definitely listens to this, don't they? <laughs> yeah, because this present was by, from my brother. Uh, <laughs> but it, And uh, it's actually... A, the issue is, he bought me a really nice retro kit, but it's a bit small, so it instigated a diet. So... Uh, I, I love it. Is the kit to blame or are you to blame? No, it's all my fault. It's just <laughs> confession time, isn't it? He's saying shed a bit of timber. Harsh. What a nice brother. Uh, what, isn't Christmas related this, but I once got a shirt with Rod Wallace on the back and we sold him three or four days later. That was rubbish. But we have a really good policy, don't we? Of if we've just sold the player, you can take it back and get it, swap it for another one. Apparently not in 1998. That's a new thing, is it? Must be. The Kemar roof rule. And Samu Sainz. How did they do that fame as well? Yes. Great. Well, this is all about the centenary. We're going to talk about how the club have been celebrating and some of our memories down the years. We've got a special guest on the podcast today and a special game. Uh, we'll leave that as a surprise coming up later. We've got an extra addition to the Leeds that prize draw uh, and all the usual games and features coming up. Who is ready for another edition of where did they come from? Where did they go? Is it a centenary edition? All the players have played in the last hundred years, yes. A special, some might say. All right, go for it. Jingle. 
Where did they come from? Where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? Where did they come from? Where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? Welcome back to another exciting edition of the fans' favourite Leeds That Podcast yeah. game. Yeah, actually, is the fans' favourite as well, Andy. Voted. Yeah. Voted number one. I mean, I, I voted. Yeah, Andy's got a lot of Twitter accounts. <laughs> Jealous you'll get you nowhere. Yeah, I voted for my own. And that failed! No, I, so, voted, I voted for yours because I couldn't be bothered setting one up. Whatever. Uh. So, <laughs> let's get this one started. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Now remember, basic rules. All we need to know is where they signed from and where they were sold to permanently. Okay? And who's the winner? Winners are grinners. <laughs> Right then, let's start with one that's been rife on social media this week with the centenary celebrations, so no excuses. Olivier Decor. We signed the French Enforcer for 7.2 million and even had the figure printed on the back of his official photograph. But who did he make 26 appearances for, scoring twice before signing? For the Mighty Whites. I'm thinking Leon. I'm thinking Lons. One of you is correct. I reckon Matthew's correct. Matthew is correct. <laughs> now, Ollie Decor made 57 appearances for the Whites and even made the weight on the back of my blue Strongbow away shirt. Some player, but where did we move him on to? Everton. AS Permanently. Roma. AS Roma. Yeah. Oh. Ah. Matt and James are correct. Paul is wrong. Was, was it Decor that someone said that they drive him there themselves? Terry Venables. Yeah. <laughs> what a doylem. Has he been about this week as part of the celebrations? Nope. Thank God for that. Now on to a legend of the League One and a resemblance to our saviour, JC. Where did we sign the cult hero and Christ-like David Putton from? I want to say Southampton. Correct. I'm going to move my laptop away so people can't see with prying eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Prutz played 67 times in the shirt of Leeds United but made himself a hero amongst the fans. A witty and articulate chap who now finds himself working for Sky Sports. But where did he leave us for writing an emotional parting letter? I saw him in Harrogate the other day. What was he wearing? He wasn't wearing his follow-on kit from Leeds United, unfortunately, and then I'd know the answer, wouldn't I? Anybody? Swindon? No. South Yorkshire? No. Colchester? Correct. Colchester United. We used to see him in Harrogate really regularly, and he always denied it was him. Another iconic player, a title winner for United, no doubt, who also now works as a television pundit, is the English Aussie with a hint of Italian, Tony Dorigo. Dorigo played most of his professional games at Ellen Road, but before us, he played 146 times, scoring 11 goals for a rival. Chelsea. Correct. Chelsea. Correct. Correct. Now, I don't think I was the only person sad to see him go, but in 97, our Tony who famously played a pivotal role in another Tony's famous goal, left us. But after 171 appearances, where did he go? Aston Villa. Negative. Is it Derby County? Negative. Glasgow Rangers. Negative. Is it Italy? Correct. Sampdoria. Incorrect. Lazio. Incorrect. Fiorentina. Incorrect. Roma. Napoli. Incorrect. Incorrect. Cagliari. Incorrect. Juventus? Incorrect. AC Milan? Incorrect. Inter Milan? Incorrect. Torino? Correct! Yes. <laughs> we have a winner. Now, uh. guys, from left back to right back. This Norwegian international played 83 times for Leeds United. But who 
did Gunnar Haller play 212 times for before signing for us? Um, is it a Norwegian team? Incorrect. I, I feel like we should know this. Midlands team. Negative. For some reason, I want to say Oldham. Correct. Oh, wow. Mm. Very, very good knowledge. Did they have the Commodore sponsorship at that time? Do you remember that? No, nope, moving I, on. I have no idea. <laughs> now, Haller played for us between 96 and 99, scoring four goals. Where did he leave us for in a £200,000 move? Bradford. Bradford City. Correct. Guys, we're on to our final player. Now, our fifth and final player signed for us in 2004, right in turmoil time. It's safe to say that Jermaine Wright fits into the category of had more clubs than Tiger Woods. But where did we sign him from? We're opting for a newly relegated Leeds United, then Premier League escape artists of my youth, Everton. Leicester. Negative. Ipswich. Correct. Uh-huh. Now, Wright was only with us for two seasons, thankfully, between 2004 and six. It was two seasons too long. People called him the ghost, didn't they? Oh, he was awful. Because his shirt was always... For, for a game. long period of time, he was in my... Um, worst players we've had since relegation 11 and then we eventually we signed enough players that <laughs> enough were worse than Jermaine Wright for him to, to lose that but yeah it was awful well, you say that he played 38 times scoring 3 times and spent even more time out on loan but where did he eventually end up permanently Leicester negative did he ever play for Leicester probably Preston nope Coventry nope Colchester nope I don't think we're going to get this one I think you are oh Regions, Anglia, East Anglia? Nope. Midlands? Nope. Uh, Southwest? South Coast? South Coast. Bournemouth? No. Southampton? Yes! Guys, that's another fantastic edition done. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, did you? Yeah, I'm grinning. I'm, I'm grinning. I'm grinning. Well, we're all winners. Oh. Play the jingle! Where did they come from? Where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? Where did they come from? Where did they go? They've all played at Ellen Road. Where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they go from Ellen Road? That went down well, didn't it? What's that you're singing, Andrew? Ailing 222. Never heard of it. It's the Leeds United hit of the year. What? I thought, um... That fella from the BGT did Leeds United hits. BGT? He can only dream of writing such classics as Ailing 2, surely. I don't know what anyone's talking about. It was about four months in the works, that, wasn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matthew, as the wordsmith to that beautiful track, how does it feel knowing it's got over a quarter of a million plays and is now a ringtone available on such devices as a Nokia 3210? Well, I don't want to go into it too deeply, but it's had way more views than that. Has it? Yeah, I think so. Over what? over 300,000. I think we're about half a million now. If yeah, you know, we'll say that. Across all rips and platforms. Yeah. What's your favourite lyric in it? <laughs> I don't really have one. I do. Go on then. Leads all over the park. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite bit of the, the whole thing was when the a, a bloke came up to us at Ellen Road and went, are you responsible for that ailing two thing? I went, depends why he went. You absolute swine. <laughs> it's on my LinkedIn now. There was a little kid running behind us at the pavilion singing it. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you are welcome, world. Enjoy. Let's move on to football sanctions. So, is it right that John Stevens was banned from all footballing activity for seven weeks, including speaking to anyone related to the club? And then there are other punishments to do with 
um, drink driving or racism that seemed to carry far less of the river sanction. There was another one about betting this week, wasn't there? Wally Downs, a Wimbledon manager, has uh, got a four-week ban for betting. And he's been in game for 40 years. And Jordan Stevens with it for 40 minutes. He couldn't even play park football, poor kid. So Jordan Stevens has been banned for 50% longer than someone who's been in the game for a hell of a long time. But I don't, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Wally Downs has been banned from all contact with the club. He's just banned from taking part in games. So, so what we actually should be talking about is, is there actually a giant Leeds United conspiracy? One, one that sits... Annoyingly with me is the Berardi red card. Yeah, it's been turned over, the one against Millwall. That's brilliant. However, he still didn't play for 75 minutes and that game's gone completely and changing its head. They also, the judgment suggested that they still thought it was a penalty, even though if you watch the replay, it definitely wasn't a penalty. So why has your boy not been done for cheating? Exactly, Bamford style. Fake news. It's really hard to discuss this because it's just quite, it's not a discussion, is it? It's just blunt. These are facts aren't they? We all sound like idiots too because it sounds like we've got sour grapes but everything's just conspiring against Leeds United at the minute and that's not even with a bias hat on. Can anyone think of any kind of sanction that another club's got that you've looked at and thought oh, that doesn't really sit right with me? I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. When Huddersfield got done for that Paddy Power stunt that was nonsense. They got a big 50 grand fine for that and don't go wrong I'm glad Huddersfield got fined but when Millwall are being racist for getting 10 grand and Huddersfield wear a sash just for a laugh in a friendly, where, where's the justice in that? So maybe the conspiracy is against West Yorkshire? Nah, because to be honest, they Huddersfield actually broke, broke a rule that was in the laws at the time. They didn't break a rule. It was in a, a friendly, they weren't in a league game. It doesn't matter, it's, you, you're not allowed to wear it. So they got fined for wearing a sash in a friendly, which is against the regu- regulations. Where did they get 50k? 50 yeah. grand and so, Millwall have been racist and had fights and that and get No, 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 no. You want to quadruple that fine, don't you? For standing on a public space and not breaking a rule. Get yourself on a footpath. It seems like the people at Top at Game need to have a strong look at what's actually going on and look at the things that actually matter. And then ironically, you know, half a year later, those uh, Derby players, if they'd have uh, stuck to walking on a footpath, they would be... Uh, much, they'd have been much better off. Well, that's the judiciary system that's had a nightmare, isn't it? If it was me or you, we'd have been sent to jail for attempted murder. Do you think punishments should be proportional to the size of the club or their capacity to pay them? Because within the judiciary system, if you're a wealthy person, you're going to get a different fine to somebody who's on a minimum wage? No, I think it's one, one size fits all for me. If you can't afford to do the uh, time, don't do the crime. So another thing that they've announced as part of the centenary is that if we go up, they'll increase the capacity of Elland Road to 50,000. What do we think? The artistic impression was a bit weird because they got rid of the motorway. Did they? <laughs> the motorway's completely disappeared from it, so I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to expand the stadium and uh, completely delete all the roads. Delete M621. And the new road that they're just currently having built at that part of the ground that hasn't been completed yet. I like the fact that they're, they're going to improve the stadium where it is and not move. I like that a lot. Would we sell out 50,000? I'm not sure. I think we would. With ticket prices at the moment on the increase, I'm not sure we would. I, I hope we would, but then again, you're going to stir out the atmosphere by having people who've not given a shiny one for the last 16 years. And tourists. Exactly. Right. Come back in and 
I don't know. I, I, we're not going to win that battle, though. The game's a business, isn't it, now? That, that's the problem that we're in. It looks smart. Well, Matt's often said to me that he would happily go the other way, haven't you? You'd like to reduce the capacity, make it really small ground, charge a fortune, just have a hardcore <laughs> fan base. I think that I think there's some merit in that, yeah? Maybe not now, but I think we're only going in one direction. I think we go up and increase it to 50,000. I think we would sell it out. I think that the whole thing is a load of PR hogwash, though, to be honest with you, because we're only doing it if we go up. Basically, somebody sat around a table at Leeds and said, well, it's our centenary. What can we announce? I'll tell you what, let's just uh, get a cheap artist impression of what the ground would look like and say we'll bung some more seats in if we get to uh, don't, get promoted. Don't worry about that motorway either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry, it's never happening. It's fine, just get well, rid of that. Well, it, it, it comes back to this whole theme, doesn't it, about around uh, PR in particular in the last week or so. Is it just to drum up a bit of interest? You know, are, are, will rumours be true? Um you know, it, it seems like we're painting a, or a rosy picture. Um, it's being painted for, for reasons that will probably come to light. But I think it's inevitable that we'd have to be putting seats in if we got promoted, whatever happened. So they weren't actually releasing any new news. It was just telling us what we already knew, I think. It'd be nice to fix what's currently there. Sometimes I feel like the northeast corner's crumbling underneath me, to be honest. <laughs> but the, and the it shows the West Stand increasing in size filling in the northwest corner, so who knows where the you know, the southwest corner, so who knows where the scoreboard. I think it'll up. be one of those big ones that's pinned on the end. Right. Above us, probably. And then they're going to take the boxes out of the south stand, maybe. Yeah, why not? <laughs> really quick game for you. It's called Left in the Dressing Room. It's all about Leeds United players from our past and present that are left-footed. Jingle! There isn't, there isn't, we, ain't, we ain't got a jingle. Let's make one quickly. All right. My left foot. <laughs> right. According to TalkSport, there are three ex-Leeds United players that are in the top 10 most goals scored with their left foot in the Premier League. Who are they? Harry Kuehl. Ian Hart. Tony Bower. Incorrect. All of you them. You two. That was right. So, Harry Kuehl features as number seven. He scored 43 left-footed goals in the Premier League. Is it for, for Leeds United clubs? and Liverpool, yeah. So there's two uh, more. We need to think about niche players that have uh, scored loads with the left foot for other teams in the Premier League and came to us and never scored again. How's about Gary Speed? Was, was he in rush left-footed? Gary Speed. <laughs> Gary Speed. Yes. Gary, oh. Gary Speed features as number eight. Two, uh, two nil and lead. For Leeds, Everton, Newcastle and Bolton scored 42 left-footed goals in the Premier League. Was Hasselbank. He was right-footed, was he? I don't know, I'm just saying names. Insert a sound, Andy. Was the, is the third one above or below uh, and speed? Robbie Fowler. Robbie Fowler is number one. He was number one. So he scored for Liverpool, Leeds United and Manchester City. He scored 105 left-footed goals in the Premier League. What was the score in the Leeds, that podcast game then? Uh, who won that? I don't know, winners are grinners, aren't they? And I can see these two smiling, so uh, you're not having that, Andy. I thought it was Andy 3, idiots nil. <laughs> Thank you. So, next part, next round. Oh, oh good. Good. There is a good. second round. So we can come back? Uh, yeah, we can. Uh, according to transfermarket.com, how many left-footed players are in the squad this season, and can you name them? Barry Douglas. 
No, you've got to name you've your number. Name your number for God's sake. One. There's not actually that many, is there? Yes. I think I might be missing one here, but we can check that later. I think there's five. Ooh. Name them, name them. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, I'd say registered with the club as well. What? Oh, so as in registered, what you would class as first team players. Not, I'm not going youth level or anything like that. But we're including loans. Yeah. I've got five. And how strong are we using the word player? I'm going with six. Who's, who's naming then? Matt. I'll have seven. Seven's the top, so can you name all of them? Yep. There might be more, but this is according to transfermarket.com. Barry Douglas. Correct. Leif Davis. Left Davis. Left Davis. <laughs> uh, he's not in here, but he might be. He is. He's got a wand. <laughs> Do you know that for a fact? Yes. Have you watched a video? Yes. So I think I watched a video of him. I'll watch it with video. We'll check it. You carry on. It'd and be I will, a strange uh, left back. I will. Not uh, necessarily. Gianni Alioski. Correct. Patrick Bamford. Yep. Kiko Casilla. Incorrect. You're Ooh. out. You're grinning though, so you might have you might have won. Liam Cooper. Correct. Ah, oh, balls. <laughs> Helder Costa. Correct. I think that's it for me. I think we've done about twelve there. Well, you've won anyway because you st- you got the steal point, didn't you? But I've got Jack Harrison. You'll have to tell me whether this next player is still registered with us, but I think he is. I don't think he's even on loan somewhere. Wasim Boy. Oh, he's left, I think. Yeah, left-footed. <laughs> <laughs> left Davis was definitely a left-footer. Have we got a third round? Yeah, so, he, he, Wasim Boy is still at the club. Is he? He yeah. is. So this is a really simple one. We've had loads of talk about him, so I'm just going to tell you it's about, it's about Tony Aboa. Ah, Arguably one of our best left-footed players, but... Scored his most famous goals with his right feet, right feet, right foot. Were they accidental then? Definitely shinned that one against Wimbledon, didn't he? So he scored 32 goals in total for a left-footed prominent player. How many did he score with his left? How many did he score with his head? How many did he score with his right? Closest one wins. Yeah, just check your maths, Andy, that they all add up. Ready. Tony. Tony, yeah, boy. You all ready? Anyone ready? I'm ready. Matt, go for it. I've uh, I've taken a punt. Go for it. I've gone for 21 with his right foot. You can tell that's wrong. Look at his face. Nine with his left and two with his head. And I can't remember many headed goals from Tony Aboa, but I might be wrong. Andy? I've gone right foot 20, left foot 11, head 1, 32 there. That's close. That's similar to mine then. I had 32 goals as well. Paolo? Left 18, right 8, head 6. He's 1. Okay, so... Tony Yaboa scored five headers. When? I, w- I watched all these back to get them. That's the only way I could find them. In fairness, <laughs> five was pretty close. Yeah. He scored nine on his right and 18 on his left. <laughs> oh, look at them numbers. When did the time break? Remind, remind us what you had. 1886. Can you... So, thinking about it then, can you remember... That's what I did. I stats it. I photo went. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well done. Well done, Paul. Winners are grinners, though, aren't they? Everyone's grinning. Well, we're not because we're all, it's a draw now. Yeah, we won a round each there. That's uh, good. We have a penalty shootout now. Hundred years, eh? I don't know about you lot, but when I was a kid, I used to think that you got to hundred and then you died. I used to think you get to hundred and get a letter from the Queen, but I've not seen that the Queen's written to us this week as anyone else no i've not seen that no i'm just glad we're not dead well we got to just shy of 90 and died didn't we oh yeah that's true actually yeah good point 
Good point. We're actually only 12 years old. Mm. Hopefully we're alive for the actual 100 years then. Yeah. So when was his 12th birthday then on the same date? Um, no, it would have been around July, August time. Why July in? I don't think for the centenary we need to go into a huge amount of depth, <laughs> depth about the uh, decay of the club under the previous uh, regime. But that is a good point. Although it it did occur to me that they've been pumping out a lot of Leeds United propaganda talking about the uh, the good days. But if you wanted to really celebrate 100 years, we should be showing some kind of highlight reels of bad a, defeats and a low light reel horror shows. Yeah, we really should. A, le- a Leeds that real. Yeah. Oh, God, please don't compile that. <laughs> what is your lowest point? 15-point deduction for me in my lifetime. That was awful. Horrendous. I Ama- think- amazing that we bounced back, but at the time it was it was harrowing. The lowest I felt was the playoff final defeat at, in Cardiff. Felt awful. I think for me, it's either just before the 15-point deduction when we got relegated against Ipswich, and there was that pitch invasion, and MK dons away. When McCall- just before McAllister got sacked, that felt like I think that lit- was literally our lowest point. The bottom, the bottom. I've got three potentials: Hereford away, awful, losing at home six four to Preston when four one up at half time, and then five nil at home against Blackpool. That Preston one's the gift that keeps on destroying you, though, because I've seen those videos of John Parkin talking about it still. Ugh. Maybe even that 7-4 at home against Forrest when Michael Brown scored a worldie. That was horrible too. Let's move on, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to this. Happy birthday, Leeds! <laughs> Happy birthday. How do you think the club's been doing in the uh, celebrations? It's caused a bit of controversy. You mean our elitist celebrations for those who can afford it? Yeah. I didn't get an invite. Well, it's kind though, because they've laid on a football game for us all today that everybody can have can surely afford to go to if you can afford 38 quid for your ticket yeah well that's it i have a or and which links into the expansion thing of people saying can't go i'm not a gold member oh yeah you keep talking i'm gonna just do a bit of quick maths i've also seen the other side of it i've seen a lot of people praising it saying that actually you can see that there's a lot of thought gone into the events that have gone on this week and actually under every regime previous to that there's not a chance that it would have even been it may have been acknowledged but we wouldn't have had galas and plaques being unveiled at the birthplace of the club and getting you know all the players back in 1800 pounds that's how much it would cost for all of us for to go to the gala dinner get a limited edition program and a shirt it's a lot of money i mean the thing is when i was a kid i never went to any player of the year awards i never went to anything extracurricular that the club put on all i cared about was going to football matches and it sounds like they're putting on a bit of something today. Hopefully there's a few players, ex-players at the game. And I'll enjoy that. Like, all I actually really care about is the football. All this is just a, uh, is a bit of noise on the side, isn't it? It's great. It's like it's, it's nice that, that we're celebrating it in some way. And it's great that there's some footballers from the past who've come back you know, to celebrate around the club. And like you say, Matthew, it is a bit of propaganda. But ultimately, all I care about is the football. And I think we've touched on it perfectly. It's just a money money spinning exercise. It's a nice money spinning exercise. There's nice things to be had from it. But if you look at it, for me this this season, I bought the home shirt because it had the centenary badge on it. I don't normally buy the home shirt unless it's beautifully, perfectly white. This one's different. I'm not really a fan of it. But I felt 
I'd be missing out and I'd regret it later down the line if I didn't have this year's home shirt, 100 years with badge on it. And now they've released this 90 for 149 quid. Is that what we're calling it, a 90? It looks like something my mum would wear. Someone described it as if you take the badge off it or all the, all the badges off it, it's the sort of shirt a 50-year-old would wear in a nightclub. I'll go with that. I can see someone like Mickey Rock wearing it. As much as you want to have a go at the kit, it's not the worst kit we've launched this season. No, it's arguably, after the goalkeeper shirt, home goalkeeper shirt, may I add, it's probably the best. However, 149 quid, pants down, no thanks. Who would pay that? Who would pay that, James? I have no idea. James? Yeah, I bought one. I've got two questions. How and why? I've got a third one. Does does Mrs. James know about it? Uh, so how? I got in early. I just saw it on the site and bought it. I think it was probably before they started publicising it and sending out emails and stuff. Why were we on the site? Because he was clicking refresh all day until they launched the centenary kit. No, I just happened to be on it and I saw it and I was like, all right, cool. Um, and it's one of those where I'm, I don't really like it. That's the thing. I don't really like it. You but, paid 150 quid for something you don't like. Well, it was the only place I could actually... <laughs> is, is, no, that's not true. Because first of all, I got a season ticket discount. So uh, it was less than that. And also, I bought it because it's the only place I could find stats book. So LUFC stats, who's going to be on the podcast. So so he's going to be on the podcast and that was the only place you could find his book. <laughs> so you thought you'd spend 149 quid? On no, uh, minus could... 10%. Ah, sorry. Plus delivery. No, free delivery over £100. Really? Yeah. Um, no, to, I, <laughs> funnily enough, I've never initiated that little. Uh, so word. yeah, it, it's one of. To be honest, we I, we spoke about it, Andy, because Andy said I wish I had bought one, but now he's tearing into me. Uh, but Andy, that <laughs> right? Andy's editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I just thought I'll kick myself if I don't buy it. I, it's not. I'm not going to wear it. But, you know, if I can put it in a frame or get so, it signed or whatever, it's great. It's a good memento. You spent £150, minus 10% discount on something you don't like and you're not going to wear. <laughs> Leads that. In a, in a summary. Yeah, pretty much. Great. I think that the club have misjudged a few things. I think that's a fair summary because I saw someone saying it was an international weekend last weekend. Why didn't they get these legends down then? Have some kind of game that you charge a tenner at I each. Think, I think part of the problem is that all of our legends ain't playing football anymore. Yeah. Not as that is who qualifies because I know it's everything's subjective. Um, there was quite a lot of people kicking off on Twitter, and uh, a guy called Noel Whelan was quite mentioned quite a lot, saying, "How come Robbie Keane's been invited, but Noel Whelan's not?" Any answers? <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to solve that. Lee Chapman was one a big miss, top scorer during uh, our third and final title winning season. And where was Cyril Chapuis? Nowhere <laughs> to be seen. Yeah, he was uh, on the bench with Habib Habibu. Rocky Jr., nowhere near. What's Darren Kenton. What's funny is, like, we say that it's a money spinner as well, but if they'd have released a kit that was 50 quid and they released 10,000 of them, they would have turned over double the money. So They'd have had to make more kits, though. They would have, but they'd still turn over more money. Mm. Um, so what is it? Is it a money spinner? What like? And the other thing as well is that it's, it's really hard. I know I'm... I'm I know the owners seem to be getting some things wrong, but equally we all moan when we having to sell players, when we can't buy players and we can't get new players on contract. So they've somehow got to generate money. Um, it's just a difficult way of a piece of, of, of pleasing everyone, isn't it? Or it's a difficult thing to please everyone. Yeah. I just think that whoever's advising them, 
they they don't need to make too many changes to get it right. They've made some they've made some small errors which really don't matter. I'll tell you somebody who's not got it wrong. BBC Radio Leeds been there. I've already come out on this podcast as a bit of a commentary geek, so I may as well continue. But they've been posting old clips of commentary from down the years, obviously because of their archive. Most of it's from 1990 onwards, so our era. Is it Popey who's been posting? Yeah, he's been digging around in the archives, and uh, he's even been posting requests. In fact, we've got now got high quality version on Twitter of the Boa Wimbledon goal. So um, if you heard that back on episode whatever number it was, then you can uh, go and listen to that in high quality on the BBC Radio Leeds Twitter feed now. So one other thing that's gone quite well that I'm I'm really impressed with and it's again going to spark a lot of debate and that's the dream scene. I think that the way they've launched that's great. However, again, it's pricey if you want to buy it. Yeah, because it's, it's 60 quid, not even framed. So it's a 60 quid for a poster, essentially. However, I am thinking they're missing a trick. You know, they've got that uh, wraparound wallpaper of Ellen Road. Imagine having a feature wall of the dream scene in your house. It says 11 sports on it, doesn't it? <laughs> you can put a picture over that though, can't you? It's such a shame. Why would you do that? I'm surprised Andrea isn't in it somewhere. He probably is. He'll be on a sock tag somewhere, won't he? Sticking his head up like an otter. Bielsa's bucket's in it. Yeah. When I first heard about the dream scene, I thought it was going to be awful and it was loads better than I thought it was going to be. And then I saw the 11 sports thing and <laughs> I just thought, oh no. Right, what other talking points are there from it? Because... I really like it, and I love Mark Viduka, but he's done very well out of this, hasn't he? <laughs> well, he has, except you can't see his face. I just wonder whether he whether whether <laughs> whether he looked at Mark Viduka's face and thought, oh, "I can't draw that." <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the iconic image of Mark Viduka in a lead shirt. Is the artist Australian? I don't know. Is he? I think he is. Yeah, he might be. Is he called Mark? <laughs> yeah, surname Vid. <laughs> he's certainly not called Harry. Who, yeah, where was Harry? <laughs> who, who are we missing off the, the image then? Is Gary Mack on it? Yes, he yes. is. What's Nigel Martin holding in his hand? A doll. What does it represent? I've completely missed this. Um, you need to go on Moscow White uh, Twitter feed. We apparently had a doll in the 1949-1950 season. Okay. I think it was a bit of a lucky charm. I ain't got there in his and, book yet. it belonged to the goalkeeper of the time, so... Um, so it's a really thoughtful, nice touch. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's they've, good. They've tried to fit things in that happened uh, throughout. Our, I think they should have put a European Cup in there as a bit of a mm. trolling. Uh, Luciano on there. Uh, yeah, I think so. Maybe, um, maybe that piece of art is like typical Leeds, isn't it? It's like when you actually think about the big picture, the big picture literally. Hey. You, mean, you mean it's Leeds that? Yeah, it's it's got like a bit of it's got some really nice things in it and some really awful things in it and that's it isn't it you're never going to please everyone that's a good way of looking at it it's very leads that is make a beautiful scene and then slap the 11 sports logo on it <laughs> i like that the 11 sports logo symbolizes everything that's been bad about the club for 100 years <laughs> but it hasn't has it it hasn't it's, i was thinking about this this morning and, and andrea does get some stick doesn't he and um deservedly so though yeah but it's it's not that bad is it when you think where we've come like I am so glad I'm not having to go on marches from Leeds City Centre to the ground. That's exactly it. It's like, it's it's stick, but it's kind of yeah. gentle stick. Yeah. It's like, oh, what an ego. But I think it comes out as a more aggressive and personal because people see more of it on Twitter. But really, it's like, it's, we're not, it's not as bad as it once was. No. If this is the worst thing Andrea Radrazani does, then great. Yeah, exactly. 
I don't know, Paul Eckenbottom was pretty bold. You what? Paul Eckenbottom was a pretty bold shout by Andrea. That was more Victor Otto's decision, I would say. There's a really good podcast. Uh, hey, the book stops with Gaffer. There's a, there's a really good um, podcast uh, called Training Ground Guru and Victor Otto's done an interview on it. I recommend uh, everyone going to listen to it. And he talks a bit about that quite candidly as well. Have they ever recommended coming to listen to us? No, but we, we should sort that out. <laughs> Matt? That big total that you did before, actually, so it's not just James's shirt that we actually did put towards that total. You put some cash in. 50 quid at the uh, Friday night icons evening. That's a bargain. I thought that was value. Five players, £10 each, three-course meal. What were food? Uh, Free glass of champagne on entry. I bet you didn't eat the food. No, I did, actually. Ham ham hock terrine with pineapple um, relish. Sounds posh. For a starter. Pineapple relish. Yeah. Chicken. Is that uh, Calvin Phillips relish? Chicken breast with uh, potato rosti, kale, and uh, swede mash, and an apple crumble with custard. Tangent alert. What are your thoughts on kale? It's quite an in thing at the minute. I'm a big uh, fan. Total waste of time. Just ate it because I didn't have anything else to do at the time. Kale doesn't taste of anything. You, re- you rely on everything else on the plate, to be honest. It's the healthiest thing I've eaten for about three months. So who came across best on the night? So Jermaine Beckford, I think, came across best as far as I'm concerned. But they had Lucas Radaby there, Luciano Becchio, Jermaine Beckford, Tony DiRigo and Tony Iboa. Uh, bear in mind that three of them don't have English as their first language. Lucas is very good at it, but um, Becchio and Iboa's contributions were minimal. So um, Beckford was having to do a lot of work along with uh, Tony DiRigo. Um, but the thing that came across from Beckford is I think that he loves the club and appreciates his time at the club way more now than he did 10 years ago when he was at the club. I think he's kind of gone, because we were his first big club out of non-league, and I think he went away and went around the houses, Everton, and then on to, I can't remember everywhere, but Leicester. Bury, Bury, uh, oh yeah, he ended up Preston, uh, and realised that Leeds is special, and you could kind of get that. He, he had tears in his eyes for quite a p- period of the evening when he was talking about it. Was that the kale? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> Um, I've got a quick quick game for you though. They were all asked individually if they could relive or replay one game that they played for Leeds, which one would it be? And this was like, so they could enjoy it again, not so they could change the result necessarily. Well, do you want Beck- to have a, try and have a guess about which one, which player shows which game? Beckford's is easy. Is it? I think it's between two. It's either between the scum game. Yeah. I'm going to go left field here. Yeah. And his hat-trick against Chesterfield, or is it Chester? Chester, Chester City. That is left field. It is left field because he's gone on record recently as saying that his biggest, best moment was the Bristol Rovers game. Bristol yeah. City game. Bristol Rovers, yeah. Yeah, but that hat-trick against Chester was outrageous, wasn't it? This isn't what was your favourite Jermaine Beckford memory. <laughs> it's what it's his. Anyway, yeah, he chose the scum game, so there you go. Well, he's a hypocrite. <laughs> I'd have gone for the Chester game, personally, Jermaine. Go on, Luciano. Millwall. Yeah. Crap game, that, though, for him. We lost. Well, we drew, didn't we? We're yeah, out. I know. It's all about him, though. <laughs> <laughs> when people were chanting his name last night, he was joining in. It was quite funny. <laughs> Tony Yeboah? Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, the funny thing about that is they were asking Yeboah what his best goal was. Was it Wimbledon or Liverpool? And he was like, well, actually, I thought my goal against Monaco was, was pretty good. So I no, 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 no. He went Monaco. <laughs> yeah, he was just throwing in throwing in other goals. They were like, all right, all right, Tony, we ain't got all night. We can't go through all of them. But um, he said that the reason that he likes the Liverpool one better was because scoring against Liverpool um, was such a big... He was a Liverpool fan. Was he? John Barnes was his uh, hero growing up. I interviewed him a few years ago and 
I was mortified, so I left it out of the edit. But he was a Liverpool fan. Yeah. So he, he said that he'd like to score against Liverpool again. What he did say last night was that his time uh, in Germany paled into uh, insignificance compared to his time in England. That's because he's a massive fan of the Yorkshire pudding. Is he? Huge. Yeah, he puts it down to his, his success, doesn't he? Yep, loves the Yorkshire pudding. It was quite interesting because Lucas Radley was talking about when George Graham arrived, how important that was to his career because he recognised uh, Lucas, made him captain um, and sort of taught him how to defend is the way he put it. Didn't George try and take him away as well though, when he went down there? Probably, you would do, wouldn't you? But then uh, then I remembered that obviously Tony Yeboah left because he threw his shirt at George Graham. That wasn't mentioned at all. And then um, Lucas had a bit of a go at the uh, British food. They asked him what he misses most about the UK and he said it's not the food or the weather. What was Lucas's favourite game? What do you think? I think either the Scum game or the Spartak Moscow game. Spartak Moscow, yeah. Booyaksha! One more to go. Tony Dorigo. I think Tony Dorigo. He scored a pearler in one game, didn't he? What game was it? Yeah, but he didn't score in the game that he'd like to replay. Oh, really? Interesting. Oh, I think it's the Liverpool game with City Bow up. No. It's a game we've mentioned on this podcast before. Wimbledon, 4 2. No. Charity Shield. No. It was one of our first games. Oh, Grimsby, the big one. No. Darlington. No. Stuttgart. So, yeah, I was quite pleased because out of the five games they mentioned, I went to four of them. That's good. Which one did you miss? Liverpool. Tony Bowes' goal. Wow. This centenary chat's going well. We're just, we've been joined. Who's joined us, Matt? Well, we are just talking about the fact that we couldn't afford £200 each <laughs> to go to the uh, gala dinner. Uh, but we've got a guest with us who was invited for free. I was. As an uh, honorary uh, club member. It's Andrew Stats Dalton. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Go on then. Tell us about it. What was it like? Two seconds. Is Stats your actual middle name? <laughs> it's James. It, double, yeah. double barrels. No, I actually changed. Oh, I didn't say it. I, I put it as a joke on Facebook about 15, 10 years ago and it just kind of stuck. Like Matt's known me since the Yukon days, haven't we? We went to uni together and it's just kind of stuck since then. So yeah, and everyone now calls me Stats at Ellen Road and even work colleagues called me Stats as well. I walk around work as their Stats, morning Stats. So it's just kind of stuck. I might need to change it by depot one day. I think you should, mate, because my illusions have been shattered. <laughs> it's been done. <laughs> anyway, welcome to so, the studio. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, th- Thursday night, uh, quite surreal evening, seeing a lot of my heroes grow up grown, when I was growing up. I don't know if they've grown up yet. You can cut that a bit. Uh, uh, Jonathan Woodgate, Lee Bowie, obviously Champions League, Don Matteo was there. I think Oli Dako was invited, but he didn't go. Mark Viduka did a speech on some video, which brought back so many memories. Obviously, his goals against Liverpool is, is an awesome foursome. Uh, the sort of Wilco era, Chris White, Chris Faircliffe was there, Tony Dorigo. Uh, some of them are there today. John Lucas is there today. I think Lee Chapman might be there today. So, yeah, and obviously then the 70s boys, because I was only born in 85, uh, and then up to the, sort of the Grayson era, and Grayson, Becky and Beckford gave a great speech for that Bristol Rovers game. That I think we all went through the mill that day there when Max got sent off, and I probably had about four heart attacks that day. They were going to win promotion, and in the last 10 minutes were horrible. But, yeah, just an unbelievable night, seeing so many sort of legends. I know legend is a term used very loosely in football, but some of the players there have won so many medals in that squad. It's just unbelievable, and just quite an unbelievable night. I've got a question for you. Yes. Everything's subjective on who gets the nod and who doesn't. Yeah. Is there anyone there that you missed that you're going, 
why were they not there? I, I think the main one, and Vinnie Jones actually mentioned this in an interview with David Batty. Uh, of course, Bats two spells at Leeds, made his debut in 87 against Swindon, then made his second debut against Coventry in, in, in 98. And he was invited. Vinnie Jones rang him up the night before and it just not his scene. It's quite interesting because when Blackburn won the league in, in 94-5, he didn't go to the gala dinner when Blackburn won the league. So I think that was the one that was really missing because to me, Bats is everything that epitomises Leeds United. You see, it's really interesting that because he's fine to meet me for a coffee in York. Well, there you go. Oh, he's here we go. In. Had to drop it in. When do you think last time Batty wore a tuxedo was though? Oh, crikey. Uh, yeah, I know he came back for the Gary Speed thing, didn't he, yeah. for the Millwall game, but it's just not David's scene. And look, he, he keeps himself away from football. I remember when he, he missed a penalty for England against Argentina in 98, and he just like, done, and that's it, and he moves on. So, shame he wasn't there, because he was a real hero of a lot of fans, making the over 400 appearances for the club. When did you get the call that you were that you were going? Well, it's funny, because I've done a lot of work with the club uh, throughout the centenary stuff, sort of putting stuff together with the players and all the players that have played. Uh, got an email from Emma Savage, who is sort of part of the centenary committee, saying, we'd like to invite you as a guest to the football club. And I was just like, wow. And it just feels like something that I've done for, for a while, and obviously with my book and what have you, just, just a real honour to be invited by the club. Did they pay you 200 quid to go? I wish. <laughs> I wish. But do you know what? It's just a surreal evening seeing so many legends in, in, in one place. I know some of them are there today. Even like of Jackie Overfield and Royden Wood going right back to the 1950s before the Riviera t- sort of took over. Just unbelievable. And I think the most surreal evening was when I, when I saw Simon Grace and he actually said, hello, stats. So I like him on first name terms with Simon. It's just very, very weird. So, middle, yeah. name. Nickname. Middle, middle name. Middle name. <laughs> middle name. And, and I think the most surreal part of the evening is uh, Liam Cooper follows me on Twitter now, uh, which is quite bizarre to say the least and he sent me a nice message saying you know credit to the football club which is just like Jesus what is going on this week it's all all yeah all, all bizarre to say the least good times to be stats yes yeah Yes, I just hope they win this afternoon, but that's another story. <laughs> any any other stories from the night that we maybe yeah, don't, don't a, know there's about? Yeah, there's a couple of interesting ones. Uh, Jermaine Beckford actually travelled to Watford uh, to sign a deal with Eddie Boothroyd in, in March 2006, and he was about to sign his contract. Got a call from Kevin Blackwell at Ellen Road saying, we want to sign you. Had to leave Eddie Boothroyd very quickly. Probably made the wrong move at the time, so what for one promotion that year. I think that was the year I met you, so that's probably why. <laughs> Back in 2006. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, just some, some wonderful stories. Gary McCarston, early signed for Nottingham Forest, was going to go and play for Brian Clough. A deal was agreed before the World Cup in 1990, then joined Leeds United, scored his first goal against Forest for Leeds. And, yeah, just unbelievable, just talking to all the players. And I had a great chat with, with Richard Naylor uh, about sort of the Ken Bates era, and he said that Leeds were in the... Although I think they were in the top six in January 2011. They'd gone on an unbelievable... Sp- start of the season they've beaten Burnley 3-2 just before Christmas and Bates wouldn't spend any money as we probably all well know and they wanted players uh, to push on and I think that's the one chance they really missed apart from last season to really push on and, and sort of make the players and who knows after that what would have happened Beckford told I, w- I was at the uh the cheaper do last night. Cheaper do, yes. Be- Beckford told that story as well. And yeah. I, I don't know whether he did this on Thursday night. He might have embellished it again, having told it a second time. But he said that he turned around to Eddie Boover and he said, Oh, Eddie, how do you get to Leeds? Yeah, he did. He did. He did. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think I you, that's you, true. You, you look back at the sort of 2009 10 season, the partnership with Luciano Becchio was just fan- fantastic. And his goals got Leeds sort of out, out of the wilderness and out of League One. And that day at Old Trafford, I think that we all talk about uh, in that famous song that I won't repeat because it's too early for the watershed. Uh, but 
but yeah, just some fantastic memories and just some uh, won- wonderful times and just sort of reminiscing with them and talking to Steve Hodge as well, Kev Sharp, I've got to know quite well, obviously Kev's Calvin's agent, so it's, it's nice to sort of be on, on that side of things as well, to see what goes on to, to get a deal as well, so yeah, really, really enjoyable, not really surreal evening, and I think to top off to see my book with the kit, it's just like, bloody hell, what really is going on here? And Marcelo uh, didn't didn't go for the dress code. <laughs> I think Marcelo just does what he wants. There turned up in his full Leeds United tracksuit and what have you. That's Marcelo for you. Technically, it's a suit though, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, uh, I, th- I think the first team squad sort of came and did a quick quick sort of speech. And Coops and Adam Forster did a quick chat with Bryn Law, who hosted the event brilliantly. And I think they obviously they're out forty eight hours before a game. That surprised Johnny Housen was there because obviously. I think Middlesbrough played today. I'm not sure who they played today. So, but his his boss was there. So I think he, he was under watch with Jonathan Woodgate. So I had a good chat with Woody ever times at Leeds. One again, one of my heroes, Woodgate breaking through in '98-9, uh, under and another man, David O'Leary, in who took the team to new depths in uh, in the Champions League era. And obviously, the Centenary Gala was the launch of your yes book. Yes. the same day. Yes. You find yourself in the surreal position of signing your book. For yes, players you'd been writing yes. About. There, there was a guy. There's a guy called Dave Shack. I don't know if anyone follows him on social media. He's Nicky Chapman's partner, husband, uh, and, he, and he came up to. I've got to know him quite well. And he said, "We signed the book for me and Nicky," and that was just like, "Wow!" Nicky Chapman was someone who I watched way back in the day on Pop Stars Arrivals uh, when Hearsay <laughs> first came into being. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus, all these little stories are just unbelievable. And it's like I'm getting to know people that. I would never have thought I'd ever known growing up as a kid. It's just like like today when I when I when I go back to Ellen Road to sign some books, it's just gonna be unbelievable and it's just a real nice warm feeling inside as well. Right, so cool. we've talked the gala. Yep. We've talked the icon thing. We've talked the book. There's one left to tick. Our roaming reporter Nathan went to Millennium Square. Let's check in with the man from the coffee shop. Jingle. Who's in the shop? Who's in the shop? Who's been in Nathan's coffee shop? So we got the opportunity to go down to Millennium Square with um, with the board, which was a really, really, really great experience. Um, Lorenzo Tonetti and, and Andrea had been in during the day, and and um, they uh, they basically told us that we could we could get him uh, with them instead of uh, going in through the front door. So we got down, got to hang around with the players. Angus Kinnear and everyone and, and watch it from the front of the gates uh, so it was a great experience when I'll probably remember the rest of my life and uh, and yeah what a great way to watch uh, the centenary celebrations the vibe down there was fantastic um, great atmosphere it was really full and yeah to watch it from where I watched it was was uh, was fantastic as well a lot of traction in the last couple of weeks as well so obviously people coming over from Italy I think of Andrea's friends coming into the shop um, obviously it all led up to the big day on Thursday which was when everyone was in but yeah the, the last couple of weeks has been has been really busy a lot of different faces no Italian investors or uh, American Leeds fans though unfortunately it looks like uh, Nace actually had some traction in that coffee shop then so he says well he's been to the Millennium Square party hasn't he and he sounds like he's BFFs with Andrea so he says they piled in in minibuses you what? like the coffee shops that important they arrived in minibuses it's a thriving place now by the sounds of it uh, thanks for the update Nath we still need some more though I feel well I don't know how we can ever cap that we want a scoop we need something exciting scoopers Nath come on Nath spill the coffee beans
Well, since it's our centenary and we've uh, got stats on today's podcast, we thought that we'd have a, a very special game, uh, which we're calling The Catch. So we're going to have the four of us uh, leads that podcast guys are going to answer two minutes of Leeds United trivia based questions and then uh, Stats on his own is going to uh, come after us. He's going to try and catch us. Um, he is the catcher and uh, we're going to see who comes off best. Is it going to be the four of us or is it going to be the one of him? I know where my money I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's got a prayer. <laughs> um, but what we need if we're going to play the catch is a... Uh, sadly Bolsh um, so we've invited Mark Bryan uh, you may know him from Mark Bryan's Corinthian repaints I happen to know that he is a fan of both Leeds United and the chase oh big fan the of both catch. definitely the <laughs> oh the catch the well catch. I'm, I'm a bigger fan of the catch He's than the chase <laughs> even as soon as you got in contact with me I was like I couldn't think of anything else I've like written them <laughs> I mean I don't think they get sadly Bolsh to write his own questions but um <laughs> Our strategy is we let we let Matt answer, and if he looks like he doesn't know and you do know, you go. So we've got a leader person. But we've got a pass as well. Yeah, you go, look, look me in the eyes and then I'll nod pass. I reckon I know all of them. And normally we would start on four. You would. But we haven't, I don't think that's fair. because oh, You haven't had fair. to do anything to qualify. Yeah, we haven't done anything to qualify, so. So if we lose by four, it's your fault. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> fine. I'll start my... Bradley Walsh doesn't have to start his own time, or otherwise, but... <laughs> have you not got any witty quips or anything like Bradley I'm has? nervous now, actually. Uh, I've, he's Bradley Walsh, isn't he? I'm just glad it's not Bradley Walsh from the uh, steward from the cop. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, let's not get onto that. Your time starts now. David Batty wore two permanent squad numbers for Leeds. Four and which other? 23. Correct. What transfer fee did Leeds pay Arsenal for David Rowcastle in 1992? 1.5 million. Incorrect. 2 million. Eric Cantona scored a hat-trick in the charity shield. Who scored Leeds' other goal? Own goal. Incorrect. It's Tony Dorigo. In which year was Howard Wilkinson appointed Leeds manager? 1990. Incorrect, 1988. Ah! Who scored Leeds' first goal in the championship after relegation in 2004? Fraser Richardson. Correct. Which company were Leeds United's first shirt sponsor in League One? Red Kite. Correct. Which club did Billy Bremner join when he left Leeds in 1976? Doncaster. Incorrect, it's Hull City. <gasps> Leeds signed Eric Backer from which Norwegian club? Sondal. Correct. Tony Boa's first goal for Leeds was scored at which ground? QPR. Incorrect, Old Trafford. Who scored Leeds' first competitive goal under Marcelo Bielsa? Mateus Click. Correct. Which manager left Leeds after 44 days to become Scotland manager? Jock Stein. Correct. What shirt number did Alan Smith wear on his Leeds debut? 39. Correct. Which German side did Leeds beat on aggregate to qualify for the Champions League in 2000? 1860 Munich. Correct. Billy Bremner's autobiography was entitled, You Getting Out For What? Out. Incorrect. <laughs> Being second. Who scored Leeds' first ever Premier League goal? Ryan Dean. Is Lee Chapman. Oh, Who did Leeds beat in the 1968 League Cup final? Arsenal. Correct. Robert Snodgrass joined Leeds from which Scottish Livingston. club? Livingston. Correct. Who scored a hat-trick for Leeds against Bristol City in 2010? Becchio. Correct. Which player tweeted, oh, this is decent, ahead of the infamous... Jason Pearce. Correct. Which manager experimented with the use of monkey glands to improve his player stamina? Peter Reid. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> 
I paused it to let the laughter die down after that one. What is I the mean, answer? It is an outstanding answer. The answer is actually Major Frank Buckley. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> guys Peter Reed may have used it on his own head I've paused it don't worry you've got 10 seconds left guys I'm in the zone let's get back in the come zone on, come on, come on. I feel we're killing this that looks terrified start oh, the timer this one's juicy you ready what nationality was the Stuttgart substitute whose inclusion led to the Champions League playoff game uh, Yugoslavian correct which team ended Leeds 29 game unbeaten run oh end of time which team ended the 29 game on beating run, just in case anyone's curious, at the start of the 1973-74 season? Tottenham Hotspur. Stokes, it's It is Stokes. Stats is on it. Stats off mic. <laughs> 13. We got 13, 13 apparently. Oh, that's not we a good... We had the four on. Yeah, I was just going to say, should we have the four on? <laughs> I, know, I know I was against it before. No, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. We've done so badly. Do you know what? No, no, I'm looking at stats and he's sweating. Sweating again, yeah. Yeah, how would you have done there, Stats? I got something you, you didn't know. Lee Chapman scored the first Premier League goal against Wimbledon. Uh, there was others that I knew. Uh, so, yes. I knew the Frank Buckley one because I actually did a piece on him for the programme for the for the book. So, right, I'm under pressure here. So, how long stats got? 20 seconds. Stats, <laughs> 20 seconds. <laughs> stats has two minutes. But, yeah, if he gets one wrong, you guys have a chance to push back. Right, are we ready then? Oh, I'm ready. Stats ready. So, do I need to get 14 or do I need to get 18? Well, we'll see. You know, well, you need to get the same. So it's 13 or 17. You yeah. just need to catch them. Don't you? you don't need to overtake them. Yeah. It looks it's not scary. called the I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm just going to keep, just for the uh, sake of the listeners, I'm just going to keep eyeballing stats, trying to put it Let's take him out. <laughs> the catch is on. Who scored against Leeds for Preston North End in the 2006 playoff semi-final? David Nugent. Correct. Midfielder Giffy Ineson represented which international team? Iceland. Correct. Who became Leeds manager in 1982, replacing Alan Clark? Eddie Gray. Correct. Which player were Leeds scouting when they discovered Lucas Radaby? Phil Singer. Correct. Against which club did Gary McAllister score his only Leeds hat-trick? Coventry City. Correct. Lucas Radaby played in goal for Leeds United against Manchester United and which other club? Middlesbrough. Correct. Which defender wore the number 48 shirt for Leeds after joining on loan from Celtic? Darren O'Day. Correct. Which Irish band sang the Leeds-related song, Strachan? You too. Incorrect. Stop the clock. Right. I, Which I, Irish band sang the Leeds-related song, or should I say Leeds-inspired song, Strachan? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not Westlife. It's definitely not Westlife. Bewitched. Boyzone? <laughs> oh, the thing is, I know this. I think it begins with an S. Have we got an answer? Paul? No idea. No, 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 no. What? We've not said the P word yet. Got to have some sort of guess. The Strachans. Yeah. Uh, is that right? The no. Strachans. No. Oh, go with the Strikers. The answer is the Hitchers. Never heard of them. <laughs> you said it's out of an S. No pushback. What was Leeds' first ever shirt sponsor? Uh, RJ, RC, RGK. Incorrect. Stop the clock. Oh, For the benefit Lions, of the listeners, Lions, there's some... Lions Covenants. It's not Lions Covenants. It, it was right on the initials. It's RFW. RFW. Uh, Which striker did Brian Clough sign from Nottingham Forest in 1974? Striker, striker. Duncan McKenzie. Correct. Who was sent off in the 6-0 defeat against Sheffield Wednesday in 2014? Matt Smith. Correct. Which former Leeds striker gave a Leeds salute when he scored for Middlesbrough against Manchester United? No, Whelan. Correct. In which decade did Leeds switch to all-white home kits? 1960s. Correct. The official club video about a Leeds post-season tour of the USA was entitled White's in what? Washington. Correct. 
Gaetano Berardi's first red card for Leeds was scored uh, was against which opposition? Accrington Stanley. Correct. Who captained Leeds in the League One playoff semi playoff final in two thousand and eight? Jonathan Douglas. Correct. Which Leeds player scored for Northern Ireland in the nineteen fifty eight World Cup? Oh crikey! Uh, pass. Stop the clock. 1958 World 1958 Cup. 1958 World Cup, Northern Ireland. Boys, I remember that quite well. <laughs> How long's left? David Healy. <laughs> David Healy. <laughs> 18 seconds. It's a superb guess, but it's not David Healy. Stuart Dallas. It's very good. No, it's not him either. It's Wilbur Cush. Oh, Wilbur. What name is shared by a former Leeds and England goalkeeper and a defender signed on loan by Neil Warnock? Paul Robinson. Correct. Which two players joined Leeds from Southampton for a combined fee of £1.7 million in 1991? Rod and Ray Wallace. Correct. Which midfielder left Leeds to become player manager of West Brom in 1975? Johnny Giles. Correct. It's fair to say that Stats was the, the victor in that game thank you very much for joining us hang uh, about if we got a fallen lead start it's a draw no he still caught us he you don't have to catch. overtake you have to catch I'll take a draw with stats <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's fair to say stats won listen we're not getting back into whether it's a draw or a defeat again no that's a good point that's a very, that's <laughs> we're going to penalties to that's a big sticking point on this podcast no, thanks very much for stats for coming on thank you very much Mark for uh, acting as sadly uh, sadly bolsh no problem for uh, uh, for today's game we've got interviews coming up with both uh, Stats and with Mark uh, in the coming week so look out for those um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast okay so that's the end of another Leads That podcast thanks ever so much to Mark, Brian and LUFC Stats or Mark and Stats in that German town Mark and Stats it sounds like it doesn't it Mark and Stats really enjoyed playing the catch actually it was good wasn't it we should do that again it was I like the fact I got some right. Yeah, that was, that was a surprise, wasn't it? You did, nope. you did really well. Maybe under pressure, that's what you need to be under. Maybe, yeah. Um, l- listen out for a couple of, or look out for a couple of uh, podcasts we've got coming out. We've got an interview with um, Mark to talk about his Corinthian paints. And we've also got an interview podcast with, uh, with LUFC Stats as well. And they've kindly donated prizes. Andrew Dalton, aka at LUFC Stats has kindly given us a signed copy of his book An Official History of Leeds United um, we'll talk about that in more detail on a interview podcast with him coming out soon if you want to enter the prize draw you can enter at leadsthat.com just enter your name and email address and you'll go into the prize draw you can also find us on Twitter at leadsthat and across most decent social networks cheers <laughs>